evening. Welcome to another edition of the Jersey Night Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer. And as always, we'd encourage you to get onto the Jersey Night website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel, and we would ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I bring in my guest tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years, and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand, and for more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now to bring in my guest, joining me tonight is the master of the post-match reaction, Alex Anderson. Alex, it's been a while since we've done this, how are you doing? I'm, I'm not too bad, mate. Yeah, just you saying that, I've realised I, I haven't done uh, the last two post-match reactions. They're two friendlies, I just totally binned it. Um, so apologies to everybody, I don't think anybody particularly missed it, but very kind of you. So, Brian, um, I'm just... I took, I took a wee break um, during the, the actual break in the, the Premiership because it's a lot of... I'm still trying to take in the fact that we actually won the League Cup, never mind what we did to, to Real Betis. Uh, still trying to absorb all that, so I was needing to, to let that kind of sink in. Um, just got away from the football for a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to talking to you and you can get me up to date on all these signings that we've made. We must have made a whole lot of signings while I wasn't paying attention uh, during this January transfer window. How's yourself, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing good, yeah. Um... I can have watched the friendlies, but we won't go into too much detail on it because I don't think you can take much from the friendlies, to be honest, they were effectively no. two bounce games. Um, I think, you know, in today's world, people tend to get a bit um, kind of on high about friendlies when, you know, when years gone by, you would have read about it in the paper and that would have been it. So I think people tend to read a bit too much into kind of friendlies. Well, and just, over, just over a year, it was maybe um, 13 months ago, uh, Michael Beale's Rangers battered Bayer Leverkusen 3 nothing. Uh, in a yes, in a mid season and they're now they're now running away with the Bundesliga. So I I think that kind of tells you how much stock you can put into the friendlies, mate. I'm sure we probably spoke about that because we were doing the World Cup pods at that point, so we were probably raving about that. That's it, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's that's, this is the right man for the job. I always said he was, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what we were saying at that time. <laughs> anyway, the first the first thing I wanted to get your take on was now that we're kicking off the second half of the season. What do you think is achievable for Rangers in the in the remainder of the season in terms of our goals and do you think coming back from the winter break we're in a good position to achieve the, our goals? Yeah, it's, it's this is all going to be posited on if we do sign anybody, isn't it, Brian? He really heavily posited on the, the business we do and uh, in, in this month, if we're going to do any at all. I've got, obviously, we've got Fabio Silva and we got him early doors. And I think that's what happens a lot of times um, in the madness of Rangers Twitter, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a part of. It's... You almost forget the guys that you've got in early. You just like you want a big name signing that you understand his role and all that every single day of the the transfer window, or else the the club just aren't achieving. But I think you're right the way you framed that question there, Brian. That's really important. We did lose a manager this season. We did have to change manager in October. And it's been so emotional. I wasn't actually even joking yeah. about the having to sit back for two weeks and just absorb what has happened to you. The Rangers means as much to you as it does to you, me, and, and, and all our listeners and viewers tonight. You sometimes do just have to kind of sit back and absorb everything. The, the League Cup was something we're becoming obsessed with. Um, and, and, and we got it done and all that. And I, I think 
it's almost like the manager hasn't done himself a favour, hasn't done himself any favours by doing so well. The the new manager bounce has been off the scale, I, I think, with... Yeah. And, and maybe most football supporters are pretty knee-jerk anyway, no matter whereabouts in the world you are, but I think particularly at Rangers, we do not, you know, Vic and Bob, shooting stars, we don't take stock. We don't sit back and go, we, look, we need to be grateful for the fact that we won that League Cup and we topped our Europa League group. And I think if there's a few setbacks from now on, you know, that that that's okay, that's acceptable. No. Philip Clement has got us close enough to Celtic in the league. We basically we want the league. I think the league is a big focus for most fans, but I think it might we've done the business in Europe as far as I'm concerned. It would actually be okay as long as we don't get hammered off anybody. I think getting us into the last sixteen when so many Rangers supporters are just targeting the league this season. Um, I think it would be almost acceptable for us to drop out of Europe if now if we were going to use the extra energy of what hopefully not having that on our fixture list would, would give us enough to go on and win the league. I, I'm not I'm not particularly convinced with that about that. I think you just go for it in every single competition. Yeah. I, and I do still yeah. rate Europe over over the league. But I, I think most Rangers fans will think we've got to aim to get the league. And uh, it, it's very, very doable. Very doable, and I think Celtic are far from perfect article. I was convinced we were going to equalise in that game at Parkhead, yeah. not just seeing I still through think the blue. About that opportunity when he had the shot and he could have potentially passed it across the half. Yeah, that's that, I, still, I still think about that one. That's absolutely it. And there's sometimes you just feel like oh, we're just kind of we're just making a fist of this, and ultimately we did. Um, but I, I, you watch Rangers at Parkhead so many times during the years. Um, I think it was pretty clear that we looked like we had the ability to equalise in that game and I think Celtic also looked the ability to chuck it as well. Um, but that's how close we've come. And I think I think he's boiled us down to our essence, Clement. He's just got us to the point where we saw exactly what the squad needs in that game at Parkhead um, and how much he's getting out of them. But I had this, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a kind of... A wee setback, a wee lull, and that's why we need new players in. But for me, sorry, but your question was targets. What, what is what is the targets? We've got a cup. Um, we've, Europe is a success now this season, but I think we're I think we need to have one more trophy, and obviously we would prefer it to be the league. If we're going to lose the league, it's got to be close. Um, and we need to bring we need to to win the Scottish Cup as well. Um, but I. I I would be really frustrated if we didn't if we didn't make a right good go of it uh, with the league title. I think we're still going to be absolutely gutted. Nobody's going to sit and go because for me we've got four managers. We've got four managers basically in the space of two years, just over two years for the club now. That means yeah, these are, there's an undertow being created by that kind of instability, and yeah. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised me if we have a wee setback uh, in the league that would be slips away from us, but. Maybe have a chance to rectify that in the transfer market, you know. But for me, it's all all systems go for the league title, mate. For me, the league is crucial, not just because it's the league championship and Rangers should always be winning league championship as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. it also gives you now automatic entry into the Champions League and it's the new format of the Champions League, which potentially opens up to even more money. And we simply can't allow that financial gap to widen, you know, because of our good work in the last five years in the Europa League, we now get automatic entry, but we've never been able to benefit from that because we've never been able to win the league that season to get automatic entry. So for me, that's the other thing for me that's driving that kind of want to win that league. It's not just because it's league championship. It's been the next thing, hasn't it? 
yeah, it's been the next kind of tantalising thing that we have to do. I mean, we've went from we can't win that bloody uh, Challenge Cup, and that's segued with we can't win that bloody League Cup, you know. And the next thing, you know, yeah. we've won the League title, we've got the Scottish Cup, now we've got our League Cup, and it's the European. We've got to the European final, but we can't quite do the Champions League the way we want to. And I think that will then, as you're saying, Brian, quite rightly, that drags us up to the next level financially if we can start regularly accessing. Uh, the, the Champions League, and that's that's what it's all about for me. I think I'm just constantly thinking, right? You no, know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And we have to say that it's not going to be a failure if we don't win the league this season. You know, I know it always is for Rangers at the same, but in terms of right, let's start getting big banners of uh, James Bisgrove and the crosshairs or something like that, and the snipers, the crosshairs. No, we're not at that stage uh, just yet. If we don't win the league this season. Um, but aye, it's, that's that's got to be the target now, mate, and it's going to be a disappointment if we don't. Definitely. Another thing I wanted your take on was the winter shutdown in general. Are you a fan of it? It's still a relatively recently. It wasn't that many years back when you know football in Scotland and even in England didn't shut down for the winter. But I noticed this year the English Premier League did it slightly different, and they've staggered their winter breaks so rather than take you know two weeks off completely. They've sort of staggered it, so they're still. Games on, some teams get one week off, then the rest of the teams get the other week off. Do you like the winter break? and Or would you prefer no winter break or even a staggered approach as the Premiership have done it? I've completely changed. From a personal point of view, I used to love you know um, football over the, the Christmas and New Year period. Yeah. I think it's just my kind of... Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep, but my, my kind of family situation, <laughs> extended family, no... Lots of people that I really love and all that have, have died <laughs> and, um, as I get older. And um, Christmas, I, it used to be a wee tad stressful. I you know, do a lot of you know, driving yeah. about and all that as well. And I used to like getting away from the madness and, and going to the football. Um, different, yeah. A different kind of madness, a different kind of family to, to get to the football. I used to really enjoy that during the Christmas and New Year period. I never really wanted to stop. Now I really enjoy Christmas and New Year and I really like the break. And I'm kind of frustrated that we don't. It, they don't move the the winter break in the foot in the SPFL Premiership to just make it across Christmas and New Year, so we can just enjoy. Yeah, you know, from we had a game on Christmas Eve, you know, and then you've got you got to Parkhead in the thirtieth, which has got the potential to ruin New Year for you, which it did kind of. You know, it's just uh, I was really glad that we had the game against Cormac to get us up and going again before we before we went in that break and it set us off in a kind of a feeling of stability rather than failure which it would have done if we'd gone straight to winter break after Parkhead. But I think, I'm sure it started like in 99, certainly. And over the last few years, it's been, since we come back into the top flight from our spell in the lower leagues, it's been kind of weird. We had, what last season, the winter break was moved to December for the World Cup. The season before yeah. that, it was moved to help Celtic win the league. And the season before that, there was no winter break because of COVID. Um, yeah. That's when we won the league. That's when we won the title. And yeah. I just feel as if it's maybe it's uh, there's other factors at play here and why Rangers haven't won the league, but uh, maybe black superstition as well. But this whole thing of we go to it used to be Dubai, yeah, and we would stop and we've been great form, especially yeah. Gerard's first couple of seasons. We beat Celtic, we're in yeah. the hot seat. That's still a concern for you. The, the last kind of couple of winter breaks when we've came back, we've I, not hit the ground running straight away. It's always kind of that, all, that's when our kind of league challenge is faltered. And it used to be, you know, as you see, you play right through. And the Scottish Cup hasn't really moved. The, the first time Rangers, on, the, the first round that Rangers are involved in the Scottish Cup, winter break or not, it's kind of late January, and it's become over these 
the, the routine will be almost we're doing really well even under Geo as well when Geo came in and um, that winter break get brought forward Celtic had drawn it at St Mirren with St Mirren's reserves because they were shot yeah. to pieces by Covid yeah. and we were laughing at them basically and we yeah. were on fire under Geo just racking up the racking up the wins and then it was we go away and we come back and we'll have we'll go away, it'll be a, a mad friendlies against locomotive Tashkent or something in Dubai or you know we're, we're beating Atletico Mineiro and Corinthians in the floor of the cup and stuff like that you know HJK, Hogsanke, Copenhagen, Hertha Berlin, that kind of stuff. And then you've got the Scottish Cup game, and it's usually against lower league opposition, and we're no quite convincing. Yeah. The only time we've yeah. won the Scottish Cup since we come back at, you know, for the last de- over a decade was when we beat Sterling Albion 4 nothing. Geo's uh, first season, or first kind of half season in charge, we come out and we scalped him 4 nothing that game. That's the only time we've opened up the Scottish Cup against lower league opposition with a, kind of, a really con- a properly convincing performance. There's always been a bit of stutter, and then we start stuttering the league straight away as well. So I'm interested to see what Clermont makes of it. But there's, I think the team right now, we need it. We absolutely needed it. Um, because if we kind of get the signings in that we want to, we definitely need to make sure we try and get as many of these players fit, rested, and on on board. Come once had a chance to put more tactics into them and you know give them more pep talks, etc. They've definitely needed that. Um, if nothing else, just to go over, as I say, the same emotional stuff that we've had, had to experience with winning, even winning stuff, winning the League Cup, winning our Europa League group in such amazing style. That in itself can take it out of you after having yet another season where we've changed manager so the players need time to digest that but um generally i am up for the winter break i just wish they'd move it to christmas and new year mate <laughs> yeah claude seemed quite big on the winter break he seemed to really think it was a key moment for to kind of have the squad living with each other for that two-week period and he talked Absolutely. quite a lot about the one ones he was going to have with players so hopefully See, the thing is, Brian, we're, sorry, we're, we're talking, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're talking about, you know, um, we're not a pod for a while, so I've got a lot to say, sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah, uh, you know, we've got uh, this whole thing where we need, you, you and I say, we need the break, but we're also trying to get signings in and we need to get into the Champions League to get ourselves back on proper financial parity uh, with, with Celtic. See, when we get to that point, well, if we've got hopefully the strongest squad in Scotland again, I don't want a winter break. I want to steamroller everybody else. You know, that's when you want, and I think just now, because we're not at that level, um, just of having the proper, the, the kind of depth or quality of squad that we need just now, we're kind of playing catch up, we're trying to patching and mending in places. I think we need the winter break just now, but it's it's probably maybe suited us more to have it. Celtic probably have wanted to continue for that two or three week period um, and just see if we had any more slip-ups while we were struggling to get players fit. But if we get back to full strength, then I don't want a winter break for Rangers. I think it's definitely came at a good time this time around. Now, on to um, the Buccaneers' favourite subject, and that is um, transfers. Yeah. So, um, as we kind of mentioned before, only Fabio Silva in so far. Um, just just on him, have you, have you seen much of him? What, what do you think we can, we can expect from him for the rest of the season? He's definitely Portuguese. You know, he, he definitely likes to hit the deck. You know, is this? Yeah. <laughs> they're one of the most. I mean, the one of the most beautiful. Uh, it's, it's like the, see the biggest the World Cup. The, the, the one game that had the most amount of bookings, the record number of bookings in a World Cup match. I think it's, it's like twenty or something like that. But it was it's Portugal against the Netherlands, and it was in Nuremberg of all places, almost kind of appropriate during the two thousand six World Cup. And it's like two teams, countries that get a reputation deserved for playing some of the most beautiful football uh, that I've ever seen. Two European champion countries. Um, but also, I think the Dutch are the most violent football nation on earth, as well as being one of the most beautiful to watch. And the, the Portuguese are 
arguably the most cynical when it comes to the diving, the cheating, the stuff. So he's got street smarts. I think he's definitely going to protect himself. He's been hitting the he's been hitting the Ibrox turf, uh, even that wee 50 minutes against Kilmarnock and then the other night against Copenhagen. I caught up in highlights and what have you uh, online for, for that game. But he looks sharp. He's putting himself about. He's obviously got match fitness to get. That's the whole point of him being here. Um, I like the fact that the manager said in the press conference today that he wanted to sign him. He basically wanted to, he, he didn't want to have him on loan. He wanted to sign him, but he couldn't afford him. He's he's been a bit of a wunderkind, and I know that doesn't always lead to the guy being a you know having that that kind of career, having a totally successful career. Maybe he just he's burnt out. But I think he's not been given the opportunity at Wolves. They've got a lot of money down there, a lot of money at Wolves. Um, so that's no real disgrace. Played at good levels in other leagues um, in the Netherlands, etc. Scored the winner. Didn't he score the winning penalty in the, the Dutch Cup final? Uh, so he's, he's used to pressure as well. He can cope with that. But a big-time guy. I think just the, the question just now is, we need other players in beside him. He's, he, we need you know strikers. We need more strikers. Uh, I don't think he's maybe suited to playing the out-and-out striker role. That he's maybe yeah. going to have to play just yeah. now. His uh, yeah. needs must. But I um, a good prospect, but he's... He, I think it ticks all the boxes. I think it's a it's a, a good signing. You can look at it on paper. That's a proper signing. Um, but we've been there before very recently. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't turn out, you know, playing on playing on grass, all that kind of stuff, different things. But uh, it's, it looks good on paper, but we need to wait and see just exactly how good the boy is. Yeah, you mentioned there we need strikers. Is that the main position we need to be focusing on now for the rest of the window? Or do you think we need reinforcements in other areas? Uh, Brian, I think... Uh, See, to be honest, mate, it's it's like we've got. Obviously, I'm gorgeous, right? I mean, I, I am. I, I'm looking kind of physically beautiful and all that. I've got the hair, you know. I've got to get my. And humble. I, that's that's it, mate. You know, I've got to get the, the, the you know the fringe at my eyes all the time. You know, my eyesight is perfect. Teeth brand new. You know, just um, no ounce of fat on me. That kind of thing, you know. But uh, I think it's all about. It's it's all about just now with Rangers the team. Like it's, it's like a whole lot of stylists. You got a, a guy telling you you can do in the gym. You get your own personal trainer. You know you've got you know a makeup artist and stuff like that. Everything else running about you. And in good lighting, I can really look like you know I could I could get away with it. You know, look properly attractive. Um, but when it all comes down to it, I am old. I'm fifty four. I'm broken. Doesn't matter how much fitness I I get into. Um, doesn't matter how how much makeup I put on. I am just uh, fifty four, and that's all there is to it. And I think Rangers are the same just now. We've completed the football board. We've got everybody. You know, everybody's there. We've got a great manager. You know, I think I think the board is looking good. We're expanding the capacity of the stadium. You know, we've got Edmiston. Everything is all set up. But the thing right at the middle of it. <laughs> The football team is old, the squad's old, and I think we need yeah. to. It, we're not going to be able to keep going away with it. You know, I, I think right now needs must um, immediately. I think we need two strikers. I think we need, to, we need to ideally sign two strikers in this window. Danilo's not coming back anytime soon. The manager was confirming today. Uh, Kamar Roof, you just never know when he's going to play. Um, Dessers is. Uh, a good reserve, I think, is a first reserve type player, eh, capable of absolutely fantastically, you know, setting. He's played some fantastic balls through Irabi Matondo and other players to, to, for them to score eh, through the season. He's got street smarts, he's got skills, he's got stuff, but he just cannot get that ball out of his feet when it counts. I think Parkhead showed up both how good he is in the build up and how bad he is when it comes to the crucial moment. Although, a goal for the ages he scored against Real Betis in, in Seville. 
but uh, he's, he won't do. And Seema, just now, Seema being at, the, at AFCON has just given me the absolute fear because he has been one really stable factor. I think him and Tav have been our players of the season so far. And he's definitely been the pick of the, sign, the, the signings in the summer, obviously, uh, Seema. And I, I think we're going to miss him uh, and greatly. So I think we need something else up front. And we need... I think we need something that right. Rob, uh, Ross McCausland has, has worked wonders, but I don't know how long that's going to continue. I know he's not as young as everybody makes out, but he's still relatively inexperienced, and I don't want to break him. <laughs> we've, got to give, we've got to get something else for the right-hand side, and I'm scared to actually say we should get some more sitting midfielders because it is... I don't know if you know the film Spinal Tap, Brian, um, but it's a real... It's a, you know, the, the drummer for the group, Spinal Tap, that's the joke in that film is... He can't he flip, you know, he, he keeps dying. They have to get a new drummer all the time because the guy keeps dry. And that's what it's like. It's like the drummer, spinal tap, the two sitting midfielders, whoever we put in there. Just the injuries in that and that sitting too has been ridiculous this season. So I, I think we actually need to get somebody else in for that. And we're going to do another centre half. Ben Davis, injury prone, um, John Souter, mistake prone, and Balligan too old already probably, always playing fantastically and a lovely guy and Connor Goldson has had that big injury and he's getting to that stage in his career where he might start getting more injured and he's he's going to need he's going to need help um, we're going to, need to give him, be able to rotate him as well to get the best out of big Connor who's one of our absolute stars so aye, so two strikers, um, two for the midfield maybe one of them out in the right and one of them a sitting midfielder and a centre half so five signings in the next uh, two weeks and I'll be absolutely happy Brian and, plus, and they've all got to be fit that's got to be the priority we need to have players who can play who can do that Tav thing of even if they're not playing spectacularly they're just there all the time not just so you can your top players are fit and they're able to play for you but so you can build up a kind of understand and get a bit of shape going because constantly this is one of the, the real feathers in the cap this is where we know uh, Philip Clement is a great manager because he's got so many different players over the last three months to fulfil this 4-2-3-1 formation and have them performing at the level they have done achieving the things they have done so but to actually get in be, to be able to put out maybe eight players imagine that that are consistently playing uh, week upon week and to be able to take us up a level because they're consistent, they know each other, they're getting a bit of familiarity going that way. Then we are looking at winning trebles and stuff like that. But I don't think the way the manager was talking today, I, I think we'll be lucky to get to get uh, two more signings. Yeah, I think we'll need to be patient. I think it might run until the kind of last weeks and possibly last day of the window, the way things are looking. Um, Sorry, right. I'm, talk, I'm talking too much. What do you think? What are you after? I mean, I think striker's got to be the main priority. I think centre mid for me would be second priority. Like you say, we just we've got a number of centre mids that we just can't rely on. Um, and like you say, you know, whoever we do sign, I don't want to be the first thing I hear about them. I don't want to be a great player if you can keep them fit. Aye. That seems to be the type of players that will we've been That's signing. Alec Lowry. Yeah, Alec Lowry's come back today. You know, Hearts have sent him back to us and he's got a back injury. You know, it's, it's like, aye, the minute you come back to Ibrox, even even just to like, walk through the door to get sent back out on loan to somebody else is probably is what's going to happen with Lowry. He's got an injury. You know, it's it's unreal. I think are we I think what we're supposed to do, Brian, is, is name names and, and list all the players we want. And I am so not into all that. I think it's a complete waste of time. There's a total... Now, it appears that as soon as you name a name anyway, Rangers come out and quash it. I, so I don't know if there's any point mentioning names at this point anyway. 
watching Rangers, watching Rangers fans falling out on Twitter a couple of, uh, last week. It was as soon as we announced, was it Mitchie Bashwai? Yeah, was supposed to, there was a, a rumor that he was going to be uh, potentially coming to Rangers, and it was like, oh, but you can't help him, and that, that means we're not going to get Shankland and folk, people were doing like polls on Twitter. You know, who would you yes. rather have Shankland? Tw- None of the two of them have, have any sniff of them arriving so far. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I think. There's people out there who've got lists of all the players that are potential that would be, they think would be good for Rangers, uh, all the, and that's absolutely fine. I, I admire that level of uh, studying you know, and, and understanding football and, and looking into football and talent all over the globe right now. Um, but when it becomes this guy's going to sign, there's people trying to, you know, he's going to sign. They're going to sign this guy. I'm hearing from a friend of my auntie's dog that this guy is definitely on the way in, and then next thing there's a war about whether we like him or no. Uh, on to and then it, it was never going to happen anyway. I just I've got a kind of filter thing, whereas I, I just I switch off. I try to switch off, especially yeah. in January, for all this stuff. But if there's something that gets through anyway, um, that's that must be one that I'm I'm kind of fancying as well. And I have to say the the Shanklin thing has has really grown on me. Um, and there's, there's obviously something happening at left back as well. There's so much talk. The manager was poo pooing it today, but there seems yeah. to be so much talk around about Redvan. Um, that he's, I don't know if he's playing so well just now, just because he's getting a game because Bonner's injured, or if because he's been told, oh, by the way, you're, you're going back home. You know, his mum saw him off to the airport, and <laughs> like when he left, Besiktas, it's just, and it's the fact he's so wee as well, it looks like he'd be just <laughs> really happy to, to go back home. And it's typical that uh, the game he played against Kilmarnock is probably the best game. He was he was a man of the match that day by a mile, yeah. and just looked like that's, that's what happens. He's absolutely brilliant, actually, and he's, he's going to go, but. Aye, uh, I, I don't know who would be, who'd be getting into the place. Just on Redvan, w- would you be in favour of selling him now or would you look to hang on to him and try and cash in on him in the summer? I, I, I see that, that's dependent on what the actual situation is. I thought it was the manager today saying, no, he was straight away denying the rumours that were coming out this morning um, from Turkish media, which we know is even yeah. crazier than our own. Uh, it's just the kind of stuff that's never going to go away when you've got a Turkish player or even like you know Yanis Hadji with all his connections with, with Galatasaray yeah. through his dad and what have you there's a determination that he's going to end up going back there I think we forget that he's still a Rangers player just now I think but um, I, I don't know it's it's never really worked for him um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothered if he was going to go I I think the manager may be poo-pooing it today because if there's any hint if he says, I, Ridvan wants to go back to Turkey, for example, to get into the Turkey squad for the Euros, and that's immediately knocking a million off the table, you know, when it comes to the bidding for him, you know, that gives you whoever's trying to buy him an advantage in negotiations. So I think if he doesn't want to be here, if the only reason he's been playing so well, or playing so energetically, there's a lot of flaws in his game over the last month or so, especially with his passes inside, short passes inside, but he got to the point in that game against Kamara, he was sensational. Um, if that's the only reason he's been playing well because he thinks he's going to go then he should go it's never really happened for him here um, we've all got problems with his height you know, exposed by a certain Lord in Shankland at Ibrooks as well uh, but I, I, I have a funny feeling that we're trying to get he's maybe going to this is just I, I guess this is the kind of, I'm slagging people for yeah. making crazy guesses online but it's almost like that's going to start the dominoes toppling if we, were, if we get maybe it's 4 million we're looking for or whatever for we get the money, the, the number that we're looking for for Vidvan, then that can let us start buying other people and the whole kind of hopefully all things will start falling into places. That will start a few players coming to Ibrox, maybe a few more going out as well. But I I, I think um, 
for me, Vidvan, there was talk of him getting loaned back to Galatasaray. And it's yeah, like, no, that seemed a strange no. one. He, he stays or he gets sold. Um, yeah. But without, without knowing the actual situation, reading between the lines, I'm, I'm guessing just now that, that he's going to go in January and we're just waiting for the right amount. Yeah, I'd, I'd be in favour of keeping him, to I, I quite like him, um, if I'm honest. Long, he wants to be here, mate, yeah, I think he's doing okay just now, yeah, but, um, yeah. I, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess it all, all comes down to, um, yeah, money at the end of the day and whether he wants to, wants to be here or rather return to Turkey. But I suppose we'll see in the next uh, few weeks. It's a kind of, it's a weird one, it's like the Tav situation. Um, I know we've got Adam Devine uh, always in the, the reserves ready to fill in for either full back or whatever but I think we, we don't talk about Tav like we need to get a, a backup in for him and it's it's been like the last few months or maybe this whole season the last year or so it's not been so much Borna Barisic uh, as number one and Redvans is understudy it's been like they've been rotating you know whatever one's available whatever one's fit but you're kind of mixing and matching if, if you could Give him Barisic's height and crossing ability to Redvan. You know, you would have the perfect player kind of thing. But um, I would need to sort out. We would definitely need to sort of. Born is not solid enough. He looks like he's probably going to go as well. Um, I think we definitely need to get a left back in as well. Obviously, to to, to replace Redvan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we go on a preview in the weekend's match, let me give a shout out to our friends over at Football Prizes. Um, they're currently on a competition to win a signed and framed Phil Clement Rangers shirt. For more information on how to enter, please visit footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Lamont hyphen Rangers. Right, now Alex, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the Barton, but I'm sure you've got a few stats, so I'll let you take it away. <laughs> See, this is a problem, Brian. We're never going to. I'm never going to get up, you know, get the move to heart and hand or the Rangers review because just this is this isn't the bit I'm supposed to be excited. I'm supposed to have all the information and be dead excitable about the transfer market and who we're going to get, and I'm supposed to have names and contacts and things like that. This is where I get excited, and it's really sad. And it's not even because I know that much about the Barton. I just know enough to get myself into trouble. And uh, yeah, it's. I, I, I love it. They're formed in 1872. We're formed in 1872. They're the 1872 Cup at the Rugby. This is what we're talking about here. Um, and that whole area, I just find it really historically absolutely fascinating. That whole area, um, you get past one of the A82, is it Milton? In the, in the outskirts of <laughs> Dumbarton, it's like a kind of, it's like the town in uh, Rambo. You know, First Blood, where Brian Denny, he's the sheriff. It's all kind of yeah. six, all these single-storey buildings. There's a kind of weird Starbucks and a, a travel lodge and all that. But between that kind of bit and uh, that big, massive car park at Loch Lomond Shores, there was, you had Renton. That used to be the, like the powerhouse of world football. The champions of the world came through there. And it was like Renton who went out of business. But they won the Scottish Cup when you had uh, Vela Leaven, you know, later kind of, they had their name taken over by a, a juniors team, the, the juniors team to this day. But uh, teams like that were in the Scottish Cup. Dumbarton won the Scottish Cup. Um, Renton won it. Villa Leaven won it. And they all, I think they all played each other in the final at one point or another as well. Amazing. And of course, Rangers shared the first league championship. The first ever Scottish league championship was Rangers and Dumbarton shared it in, in 1891. Then Dumbarton won it the following, the following season. And I think it's amazing. The last lower league game, the last game Rangers won in the lower leagues which was the Scottish Championship, which is strictly speaking the same competition as 1890-91 was against Dumbarton, we beat them 1-0 at Ibrox, Tav scores the only goal of the game that's us, we've won 
the trophy. Now, I don't know when the Scottish Championship trophy, you know, the SPFL, the, S the, SF, uh, the yeah. SPL took over in 1998, um, a different body. And so, like like we've got in England, the old Championship trophy went down to the second tier. Uh, but I I don't know if it was that that trophy was around in eighteen ninety one, but it was quite amazing. I thought that we'd uh, we'd waited like you know, all that time from eighteen ninety one to to finally rub it in Dumbarton's faces. Although I think we beat them in eighteen ninety seven cup final. Uh, but I I used to I used to work in Dumbarton, um, Brian, and it was and I also used to when I I come for a drossing and uh, used to work at AT Maze, you know, the big head office in Solco. It's a local employer. I worked there for a pittance we had, straight out of school. And what I really loved about it was we had a works team and somebody in the office knew somebody who was associated with Dumbarton for some reason. And we got old Dumbarton kits. That was our, our works team. We played in old Dumbarton kits. So I used to wear that, you know, the old Dumbarton. It's, it's actually a beautiful strip, um, Dumbarton. I don't know what their configuration is this season, but when they do it with the kind of white, with just the black and the yellow or a black and gold band, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, I was at the first game ever played at the, the new stadium, or the stadium they're currently in. Um, I was at one of the last games ever played at... at um, Boghead, their old stadium, and I went to the. They played Elgin City. That's the program there. I'm holding up. Paddy Flannery scored their first ever goal, and I wrote a wee piece about it for a, a website I was doing stuff for. And the guy the, from the Dumbarton program contacted me and said, "I saw your piece about going to the first game at Dumbarton. Can I put it in the program?" And I'm like, "I go ahead, mate." And it was the program for the official opening match. They had an official opening match, and it was against Rangers. We beat them six one. So. In the Dumbarton Trophy room, which hasn't had a major trophy since you know, uh, since they won that league title, the, the following league title in eighteen ninety two, they used to have that program in the actual trophy cabinet at, at Dumbarton, and I was in that. I had my that was the, one of the proudest moments of my life was was being in that. But um, it's one of these things. They, they got this new stadium, which single stand, same as like East Fife, same colours and all that, but somehow. People were against brand new stadiums. Oh, it's not got the same atmosphere as the old place. And Boghead was a great ground. The, the, the home ground of uh, Ken Lockie from... I was used the home ground for Ken Lockie from uh, the film I shot at Glory. So Michael Knighton and... Uh, not Michael Knighton, sorry. <laughs> and Batman and Robert Duval, you know, uh, Tom Hagen have both been in. They, they've both been in Boghead and so did I have a few times. I'd watched Rangers there as well in the league in kind of 84, 85. A, a great ground. But they moved to this new one. You thought, oh, that's not going to be as traditional. These new But because they put it down where it is at the foot of the rock, you know, under the castle, somehow it feels more historic than their old place, you know, which is one of the most historic grounds in Scottish football. Um, and it's 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 the badge. The badge is an elephant with a castle on top of it because people say the big Dumbarton Rock looks like an elephant. So they're actually have built a stadium at the foot of their badge, so to speak. It's quite, it's a magical place, um, but the pitch is crap, according to our manager. And I know why, because it's permanently in the shade of that huge castle. It's an amazing location. Uh, that, that castle, there's, the history to that is unbelievable. We used to be Viking longships and Spanish galleons have sailed up that, the Clyde and gone into that bit where it, it meets the leaving all around the stadium there. And it's uh, either a, 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 a proud, proud club, a proud, proud history of Dumbarton. It's a proud part of the... Scottish football and heritage. They used to go down to England as, as Scottish champions. The teams from around there, and they would beat the English down there and, and basically be champions of the world in the Victorian period. So I'm really, I love it. It's a great fixture. I, I love it when we we played on Barton. I went to see the, the B team there a few, uh, not just just the once. I saw the B team there, um, but I've been a few times to Barton. So I'm, I hope the game goes ahead tomorrow because I'm really, I really look forward to it. And I think it's a game absolutely soaked uh, in history. And um, I, I like 
I like it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And that, those are the kind of stories that the listeners tune in for. So, um, that was you think so, mate? That's nice of you to say so. Yes, I don't know if definitely. you do, you know what I mean? It's why definitely. I'm on, so I can tell those <laughs> stories, but I don't really bother if anybody wants to hear them or not. But <laughs> um, only an interesting story that I picked up during the week, um, kind of related to this game, was that Rangers are loaned 20 year old goalkeeper um, to Dumbarton. I think it's Hogarth, his name is. Aye. Um, now, despite both clubs agreeing he's not allowed to play on Saturday due to SFA rules, I just wondered what your take on these kind of rules are because I know this sort of thing's allowed to happen in Europe. Um, I think there's some famous examples of you know players on loan scoring against their parent club um, as well. So, what, what's your take on on that kind of rule? Do you think that's the right thing to do? Or do you think it should be down to the two clubs to agree? Or um, I, I think it's it's quite weird. It's a thing that's been happening a lot recently with all the the, the hysteria over VAR. You know. And, VAR is a kind of some mass hysteria. It's it's a kind of anti-VAR. It's kind of like anti-vax or whatever. The same kind of vibe about it. People just go, it's just the rules, you know what I mean? Just a slightly different bit of refereeing. But people, pundits, the the, the, the people I kind of despise the most when it comes to pundits, like Michael Stewart and um, Alan Shearer, will do this thing where when someone they're, they're basically slandering referees, and there's a referee's going to end up, you know. Topping themselves or something, the amount of pressure these guys are under is absolutely unbelievable. Um, just been slandered. And when somebody takes the time to point out that the referee actually got it completely right, and I've seen Michael Stewart and Alan Shearer both doing this, they will say the phrase, Well, I don't like the rule. I don't like the rule. I don't care. I don't like the rule. And I think that's disgusting. I think you, know, you need to dial that right back. Um, if you don't like the rule, that's fine. That's a completely separate argument from whether or not the referee was you know, applying yeah. the rules correctly yeah. at the time. And I think this has got a touch of this as well. I saw, I didn't really yeah. look into it, mate, but I saw a wee bit of the kind of, oh, it's just no right, I hate it, that, 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 that kind of tone of argument, you know, um, like they're trying to emotionally blackmail folk into changing the rules that were obviously there. And they've, they've you know, I, I don't know why they're hoping, the guy, I don't know, if, I, I've hardly looked into it properly, Brian, I don't know if they're the usual goalkeeper, isn't they fit, or they just think they're, uh, young Hogarth is going to automatically be a better goalkeeper. But for me personally, if we're looking just at the rule itself as opposed to the reaction to it this weekend, I'm quite happy that that he wouldn't be playing against us. He wouldn't be playing against his parent team. It's not just Scotland, it's like this in a lot of countries, but you, can you imagine the reaction tomorrow? Nothing against a young fella, I'm sure he, if he's playing at Rangers at any level, he's fantastic. But if we're struggling at all in this game, you know, or if it's early doors and we're talking about weather conditions, one thing is it's going to be windy this weekend. Um, this stadium, it's always pretty much always wet. The pitch cuts up uh, quite a lot. I think it's maybe because in the shade of the rock and over this weekend, that could be particularly the case. Could quite easily have a wee horrible moment where it looks like yeah. to the conspiracy theorists of the world, he's throwing the ball in the back of the net because he's playing against yeah. Rangers. You know, and um, I would hate that to be attacked. Anybody can make a mistake at any time, but in this scenario, it would just give vent to all sorts of garbage. And we had enough of that last season, but I think that Michael Beale, one of the best things he did do as Rangers manager was letting Partick Thistle have that goal uh, against us after what it was going to do at Young. Uh, Malik Tillman, who rewarded us by you know, shafting us and just going somewhere else. But it was the right thing to do. And I, I, it's in that kind of spirit that I would... It's one of those things that's keeping you honest. You know, it's like... I, 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 I'm trying to think of an example from life, but yeah. you see all these movies where it's like, oh, do you know, try, look, there's the money for the drugs. Or do you, you know, trust me. Like, well, you can count it. It's like count it in front of the person so that if it is short, it can just be a mistake. And that that's it. It's like 
they're taking the, the pressure off uh, the, the young fella in this situation, take the pressure off the goalkeeper. I, I don't like to see it, but if we end up getting Brighton and Hove Albion in the Europa League, then I absolutely want Abdallah Seema to be allowed to play. That's... <laughs> There's no no hypocrisy at play here at all, mate. No, 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 not at all. And uh, I'm right, I'm right there with you on that one. To be honest, um, now thankfully for us, we seem to have a few players returning for injury for this game. You know, Jack Lawrence, Raskin, all coming back over the the winter break game. They were all in training and got minutes against um, Copenhagen. How important do you think that could be, not just for this game, but for the weeks and months ahead to have those players back? Ah, it's, it's going to have to be, Brian. I think. Um, are they almost like new signings? Aye, I know. That's it. Do you see? I mean, that was me. <laughs> when you're looking at people, don't just want. Uh, they've got a list of players that they want to come to Ibrox in January. They've also people have also got a list that they want to go, want to leave. They want out the door. They want things kind of tidied up. Um, I don't want this guy to play for us ever again. It seems to ignore the fact that what we've basically done this season so far is when Kieran Dowell coming back from a, a winter training camp more injured than when he went there, just sums up, I think, here in Dow and Rangers in general these days. Um, Tommy Taylor, tiny Tommy Taylor, the, the, the trainer we got for Brighton and Hove Albion, the, the, the head of performance, the guy who's supposed to be uh, sorting out the, the fitness, he's probably the most vital person at Ibrox just now, because if we can start sorting out the injury problems, we've got a hell of a squad anyway, before we sign anybody else. But um, it forgets the fact that Kieran Dow being available and just coming back from injury, him stepping in, at half time in that game, or well, do John Sterling coming up on? They've suddenly became the pairing when John Lundstrom, who was one of our regulars in that sitting midfield too, that he was he was getting his going really under Clement. Um, he was a mainstay of the team. He gets booted off the park by a horror tackle, red card tackle, but just before half time, and we then need do John Sterling and Kieran Dowell for the second half of that game and but then we then go to Motherwell and this is us trying to keep ourselves maximum points before we go to Parkhead and Kieran Dowell scores the goal the first of the, the two early goals that we scored in that game to effectively win as the game and then it's like as soon as he's injured oh well we can't afford to re-sign him, get him to, and we do we, we need I'm saying that myself we need to make sure we're getting players who are fit who don't have a, a history of injuries but we're actually in a situation just now where we need we're rotating these players it's the only way, it's like the situation, is a version of the situation with Kamar Roof, the only reason we've got Kamar Roof is because he's so injury prone. If he was available all the time, he would be playing you know, top flight in England, minimum. Um, but that's, that's maximum, the best league in the world just now probably, but he would be at top flight somewhere, uh, one of the big five leagues, because he's absolutely sensational. He's so injury problems, it keeps it, and it's like that at Rangers just now. If we get a couple of signings in who are fit and regular, it's almost like the rest of the team, the injuries are almost an ongoing rotation. Kamar Roof is happy yeah. to be at Rangers and happy to be on the subs bench and happy to come in for a few games to fill in the regular striker because, well, he's injured. <laughs> So he can't object to it, and it's. I I, I think when I saw Ryan Jack the other night, he's one of the players that people have been thinking, "I like, like get rid, get rid." He's always injured. Ryan Jack, he's getting too old, and that, which is a bit of an insult for all the things he's done for us, uh, and how staunch he is generally. But he came in the other night and just that wee touch, just that wee touch through to Dessers for the goal. He's like he was taming that ball like uh, like Tav with one of his XL Billy Dogs. You know, just get that sorted. That's it. But just a beautiful wee bit of football, and straight away I'm like, we can't sell Ryan Jack. We need to keep him. Um, so that's it. All we've got just now is we've, we've got we've got uh, Fabio Silva in 
So for everybody, that's that's the minimum for everybody who needs us to get players in in January. And we got poor Sam Lammers out as well. So that's the minimum. You know, that's, that's feed the dog a bone. That's just throwing something to all the, we need to get rid of such and such uh, types amongst the Rangers support as well. But uh, there's a lot more got to be done. But absolutely, I mean, we need we need to be getting these players back and it's it's we need to have as many players fit as possible. Apparently Raskin was kind of quiet the other night, which is understandable. Um, but yeah. we need to uh, we need to get these guys back up to speed because this next without Sima Sima kind of his absence having been such a, a mainstay this season his absence right up until I think we play Ross County uh, at Ibrox going to Easter Roads I mean he's Sima scored against St Mirren last time we were away to St Mirren yeah. last time we were on Paisley uh, it makes these games much more risky and it's one slip up although we've got the games in hand over Celtic I think one slip up just now really puts us back in terms of in terms of winning the league um, and particularly if this game's off tomorrow and we've got the backlog as well so yeah. I, everybody we can get back is, is, a, is, a, is a boon mate it's needed in terms of team selection, do you expect that we'll see some of the returning players and maybe the lesser featured players get some minutes? I would quite like to see Bailey Rice and Mignon King get a start, if I'm honest. Aye, I, I, would, I would like to see him coming on, to, to be honest, mate. I would like to see us going out there and putting a team out. It depends how the manager wants to play it. If he thinks this game's in the bag, you know, they're, they're what, fourth, fourth in League Two, Dumbarton. I think they're almost assured of a playoff place, promotion playoff place, but Stenhouse Muir are running away with that league. I think Dumbarton yeah. and uh, the two other teams run about them. They've kind of got the top, the, the next three spaces, the playoff spaces uh, sorted. There's a bit of a drop to fifth, I think, Bonnie Rig Rose. But if the manager, if Clermont thinks, yeah, we can put the reserves out and beat, and beat Dumbarton, that's fine. But he might, apart from anything else, I always like to see he's making sure of a game, particularly a cup tie, because the Scottish Cup's got to be a big thing for us this season. Um, I think we should we should we should get it put to bed, you know, get out there and get the damage done early. Hopefully, um, you would like you would love us to, for example, be three nothing up at half time, the same as we were in our game against another yellow and black Annan, you know, and, and under Geo, the second game we played in the Scottish Cup, but away to Annan, I remember that, and we we had it was three nothing at half time, and it didn't do anything in the second half, but the game was done. Like you bring on players. Um, Bailey Rice I saw Bailey Rice playing at Dumbarton you know, when he was playing for the B team against Gretna uh, the last time I saw the B team so uh, he was he certainly knows the ground pretty well but I would like us to go there and get, get the game put to bed uh, hopefully before half time certainly within the first hour uh, before we start bringing on the reserves but maybe the manager thinks getting the damage done could mean getting more injuries ahead of Easter Road I want to see the, I want to see the first team getting a warm up mate, getting to play with each other yeah. implement yeah. some of the stuff they've learned in La Manga uh, before they yeah. before they go Easter Road. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Team selection, you may you may have an eye on on Wednesday night in terms of team selection. Obviously, that Tibbs games are a must win in terms of reducing that gap. Um, before we finish up talking about the weekend's game, will we take a score prediction from you, Alex? I'll I'll say uh, I'll say three nothing, three nothing, and I'm hoping yeah. it's three nothing at half time. Yeah, I would uh, sell for that. Now, before we finish up tonight, I just need to mention that uh, Rangers women have just beaten Celtic 3-2 with a late penalty to reach the Sky Sports Cup final. So that's some fantastic news. And we wish them the best of luck in the Cup final. Brilliant. Well, and hopefully, it's not, hopefully, hopefully it's not right. just even a Cup final this season. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, right, I think we'll call it time. There. 
All that's left for me to do is thank my guest, Alex. Thanks as always. Uh, absolute pleasure, Brian. Brilliant. Top hosting. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you. As well as being live tonight, the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and we would ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcasting app. Um, we're back on Sunday evening. I believe it's Craig, Ross and Colin on to look back on all the action from the weekend match. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>